This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Well, we're continuing in our series, and we're talking about joy. Let me just throw this out. How many of you had an opportunity this week to choose joy? <laughs> the hand's going up, yeah. <laughs> and that's, if anything, I want to, uh, that you to take away from this series is that joy is a choice. Can we say that? Say that. Say joy, joy. is a choice. choice. Okay, and you have that choice. Um, Let's do a little video here, a song, and it's about a minute and 20 seconds. It's a throwback to the 70s, but this is from the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, and this was back, I think, in the 90s. And so we're gonna sing this song. It's a throwback, but how many remember, we bring the sacrifice of praise. How many remember that one? Why don't you stand up, clap to it. before you're seated. This is a throwback song, and you know what? There was a lot of joy, and one thing uh, that I'd like you to see here in that video is, did you notice, even though it was in uh, New York, it was a very diverse culture? Come on now. The church, you have, you, have, you have blacks, you have whites, you have Latinos, you have Asians, all worshiping God together, praising the Lord. What does that tell us? That tell us that in heaven, that's what it's gonna be like. Okay, and so, but God, in his word, he says to pray that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants that here on earth. All right, I understand the culture we're in here up upper Midwest, but you know what? It should be a diverse culture, amen? We're all of us working and praising God together. That is the heart of God. And so I just throw those out, and and those are fun, and to to reminisce over those and those songs. So uh, choose joy. This is the third week in our series. We're talking about the, I want to talk to you about the atmosphere of praise. The atmosphere of praise. Our text, Isaiah 61, 3, in the Old Testament, the scripture says, and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. And I've been saying that, you know, there's a spirit of heaviness over our nation. It's over the world, but it's particularly in America. There's a spirit of heaviness. And <clears throat> that heaviness can have an effect on our life. And you can allow that heaviness to get into your spirit man or spirit woman, and it'll affect your life. 
how many remember after 9-11 how you felt? How many remember where you were when 9-11 happens? Every single one of them. Because it was such a pronounced moment. And everyone talked to you and say, you know what? Here's where I was at. I was actually sleeping on the floor in Ukraine uh, on a missions trip with the 12-hour difference when we heard that America was under attack. And attack. I remember waking up and seeing the towers collapse and an old black and white TV there in, in, in Ukraine. And, and, and the, lady, the missionary lady came in and said, they think 50,000 Americans were killed, and that's all we knew. And, and so we all remembered that in that moment, where we were at, and how that has affected us. And, and, and so heaviness can have an effect on our life and cause us to miss things that God wants for us. Amen? <clears throat> Isaiah 61.3, there's a garment of praise. Now, the atmosphere of praise... The atmosphere of praise. The scripture teaches that there are spiritual battles all around us. The Bible talks about that. And we live in two atmospheres. And the first atmosphere, well, it's our natural atmosphere. It's the physical atmosphere. It's where we, we see, hear, smell, and we taste. But then there's another atmosphere, and that's what I'm talking about here this morning. <clears throat> it's called the spiritual atmosphere. The spiritual atmosphere, and that's what I, I want to share with you today. So these last few weeks, we've been talking about joy and, 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 and you know, emphasizing the point that the Bible is talking specifically that there is a garment of praise, not so much worship, but of praise is the garment that lifts heaviness, praising the Lord. Uh, you know, in worshiping God. There's a, there's a difference in that. Psalms 104 says this, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise. You know, it would be nice that every morning we wake up, we do this. <laughs> Amen. And there are mornings you wake up and you, oh my goodness. <laughs> we crawl out of bed, you know, where's that ibuprofen? You know, we just, <clears throat> but it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And we talk about the atmosphere of praise. We're going to see that God is attracted to that, and that's what we want. He is drawn to an atmosphere of praise. Um, uh, give thanks to him and praise his name. Psalm 100, verse 2. Psalm 100, verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Can we just say that right here? Say, serve the Lord, serve the Lord. With, gladness. with gladness. Can we say it a little bit better? <laughs> yeah, sure, Pastor. Serve the Lord with gladness. We're so happy here. We're thrilled to be here this morning. Can we say it again with a little bit of joy in our face? Serve the Lord with gladness. All right, a little bit different there. That's what people need to see. I don't walk around go, uh, uh, all day long. No, that's not who I am. That's not my temperament. A little bit more, you know, uh, reserved in that. But, but we can still have joy within our spirit, man and woman. Amen? And we don't have to let circumstances dictate, all right, uh, our life. And it's a choice. It's a choice. Uh, Psalm 102 says, serve the Lord with gladness, serve the Lord with joy, come before his presence with singing. And many times we come to church, it feels like lions and bears been attacking us till we get to the threshold of the church, and then we, we made it. That shouldn't be that way. We should come and enter into the church. You know what? I may have had a difficult week, but man, I'm ready to praise God. I'm ready to worship God, and God is going to do something with an expected heart in our midst. I'm not just going to come to church and vig, you know, look forward and just look at the back of somebody's head. I'm going to participate. Amen? I'm going to draw on what God has. Amen? <laughs> and we said this each week, that joy is not an emotion. It's a choice. It's a choice. So let's continue. The atmosphere of praise in your life, 
You create the atmosphere. I create the atmosphere. You say, what do you mean? The right atmosphere in a word is praise. That's the right atmosphere. Have you ever noticed that emotions create atmospheres? Now, right? You say, well, what do you mean, Pastor? Um, if somebody is sad and you walk into a room, you feel that. If somebody is happy, you can walk into a room like, oh, what's going on? People are pretty, pretty excited here. I remember one time I was working in the garage. I don't know, I was fixing something, and I had some music on or, you know, praise, whatever, and just tinkering, and I came in, and all the kids, whatever, my wife, and they were watching some sad movie, and they're in the last scene. So I walk in and say, hey, what's everybody doing? They're all crying. <laughs> but they didn't have to say a word. They just looked at me with eyes of, like, don't you know this moment and you missed it? I was, uh, I went back into the garage. <laughs> yeah, so atmosphere, you know, we can create an atmosphere by our feelings. If somebody is fearful or angry, for example, they're just upset, something uh, uh, without a word being said, we can project from our spirit man or spirit woman <clears throat> into the atmosphere, something positive or something negative, negative. A negative feeling just from the sadness or the pain or that atmosphere. <clears throat> and so if somebody is afraid, that creates an atmosphere. Here's the thing. The way that you get God's favor in your life and you draw God's blessing into your life, watch this, is understanding that God is a God who responds to atmosphere. Say to me, say, God responds to atmosphere. And I, when I have you repeat, it doesn't mean that you, you know, you're stupid. It means that you repeat it so you can say it. You can hear yourself say it, okay? It's important. God is a God who responds to atmosphere. And what is the atmosphere that God responds to? Complaining, bickering, arguing, negativity. No, God doesn't respond to that. People may respond to that, but God does not respond to that. God responds to one of thanksgiving, he responds to an atmosphere of gratitude. You know what? Things are not going my way. Things are really looking down. I don't even know what the future is going to hold in this situation. Work is tough. I'm dealing with this crisis with an employee, employer, and I have a relationship issue. You know, there's finances. You just don't understand. My car broke down. <clears throat> All these things. No, God is one he responds to of gratitude. In the midst of that, Lord, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that you gave me life. I'm thankful that I have health. Come on now. I'm thankful, God, that I can work. I'm thankful that I can, I can exercise. I can move around. I'm thankful that I can, I can come to church and praise God. You know, there are people that wish they were able to be in church that are not able to. They're in hospitals or whatever. And <clears throat> what are you saying, Pastor Mike? The right atmosphere that the Lord is drawn to, it is an atmosphere of thanksgiving in praise. There's an interesting story in the Old Testament in 1 Kings 16, 1 Kings 16, <clears throat> about King Saul. And today, he would be diagnosed as a manic depressive. <clears throat> Bible says that he had fits of rage and times darkness would overshadow him and depression would come on him. It would actually drive him crazy and out of his mind and he would act like a crazy person. The Bible said that when the evil spirit of depression troubled him, he went into a dark place in his life. And, and, and here's what, he did something very strange. The Bible says that he called his elders, uh, uh, you know, the, the, his men in the temple, and he said, you know what? I want you to go find me a person that can, can play and comfort me. And so that's how they got David into the temple and around uh, King Saul. 
So they call for David, who's a shepherd boy, and he would play his instrument. You know, he had a harp and other, other instruments. And David would go, this little kid, before this king that was kind of manically depressive and had all this traumatic anxiety issues, and he would just begin to play. And the Bible says something very, very interesting in first, this is in your Bible, 1 Samuel 16, 23. It says, and it came to pass when the evil spirit was upon Saul that David took his harp and played with his hand and Saul was refreshed. Once you see that. And it was well with him and the evil spirit departed from him. Pastor, you don't understand. I mean, the devil, he's just on me. All these things, they just feel tormented. See, a lot of times now, we don't use in the church a lot more of the devil this, the devil that. We have titles for it, for, for, for it now. We label it, you know, we're under a lot of oppression, you know, and there's just these mental things and I'm just feeling it. But the truth of the matter is the enemy is behind a lot of this. Amen. The enemy is behind a lot of this. And so the Bible says that as he played, Saul was refreshed and what else happened? That evil spirit left. Why did the evil spirit leave? The evil spirit left because evil spirits can't stand God's presence. They can't stand atmospheres of praise. It's, they hate it, and they want out. So if you feel like, you know, I can't think clearly, I can't, I can't you need to put some praise and worship on, not some of the crazy, I left me, she left me, or some crazy, you know. <laughs> you need God's spirit in your life. Amen? Amen. I'm hang up being a singer. <clears throat> Bible says as David would play his music while King Saul was sitting on his throne in depression and darkness and the sorrow of life and hopelessness. As David would play, and the Bible says that that evil spirit would lift off, depart from Saul from a season, and he would have peace in his life. What did David do? He didn't do anything fantastic. He just Praise the Lord. He worshiped God in that moment. And that story is in your Bible. What does that say to us today? That we, hear me, we can change the atmosphere even when we feel things aren't changing. Did you hear that? Because there's things in my life I want changed. I believe there's things in your life you want changed. But in that moment, those atmosphere, when things aren't changing, we can at least change the atmosphere. I want you to get that. Times we feel like there's nothing happening. God, we need you to move. <clears throat> things that you're praying about. Things that you're hoping for. Believing for. Maybe it's for family or for friends or family members. <clears throat> you can control the atmosphere through your praise to God. Amen. So when you understand that, you have to ask this question. And this is the question. What is the atmosphere of your life? If someone was to follow you day in and day out, what would they give the takeaway of your life? What would be the atmosphere? Well, do you know what? They're a person that they're hit with some heavy things. You know, they deal with maybe in sales and, uh, or, you know, whatever. Things are down. But you know what? They choose to have a, a good attitude in that, and they have a, a positive attitude. And you know what? Even though someone dumped on them and they pull, you know, pulled them over, or, you know, cut in front of them in the road and honked the horn or did something to them, they have, they've, they've chosen to have a good attitude and say, you know what, I'm going to brush that off. How many with me say amen? Are you awake this morning? Amen. And so the Bible says that, that, that we can control the atmosphere through praise. So what is the atmosphere of your life? What kind of people do you hang around? Are they people that kind of compel you to the things of God and draw you closer to the Lord? You're like, I got nobody like that around me. <laughs> uh, that's going to affect your life. That's going to affect, you know, your spiritual growth. 
it's going to affect you. Uh, are they negative? Are they positive? Are they faith-filled? Are they fear-filled? You know, there's a season, there's a life, there's an individual that, that was around me, and, and, and I just was, you know, they weren't part of the church, but it was just, it was a constantly, every time he came in his presence is, I hate this. I hate that. He kept going through this litany of, and, and I can't stand this, and I got this matter with my body, and, I, and, and then I'd see him again. It would be, I hate this. I hate that. I had seven years of that. I finally said no. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, you know, you're, you, you're creating an atmosphere that I don't want to be around. Somebody say amen. amen. And you have to think about that. You have to think about that. And we can, we can choose that. And because why? The people around you create the atmosphere of your life. And you're thinking, Pastor, I'm, I'm depressed and I've got all these issues in my life. And I just wonder, you have to, you have to do a self-evaluation. You say, well, pastors, all the people I work with, I work. I can't just leave them and go off and, you know, and do my own thing. I can't help it. They're constantly they swearing or maybe they're telling vulgar and nasty jokes. And you know what? I get that. I've been in that situation. I spent six years in the United States Marine Corps. And after making it through boot camp, I was sent to Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, and then sent overseas in Southeast Asia. But while in the Marines, we were there, I remember as soon as I got there as just a, a, a PFC, Right there at Camp Lashute in the squad bay with 80 other men. They go out party at night and drink and they come back lit. And then they have this guy right here who didn't do what they did. And they, so they wanted to find out now, shaking my rack, laughing, screaming, 2 a.m. in the morning. And, and I'm trying to talk to some of them and they're drunk. And, and But you know what? All that, I could still stand strong as a Christian. Come on now. And nothing great about me, but I just made a choice. Because any day of the week, I could choose to live that way. Come on now. But I choose not to. Yes. Amen? Amen? And you have that choice. You're not a victim. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> I think you're starting to wake up. And so, you know, back in 605 B.C., the Bible talks about Israel was seized by the Babylonians. There were four teenage boys, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. I remember the story. And their, watch this. Their parents, they came in and they killed their parents. Man, if somebody did that, it's all all war, right? I mean, grab the guns, you know, you're going after them, you know, vigilante. I mean, you're at war. No, they, they, they wiped out thousands and thousands of the Jews, and they took them captive. They bring them into a foreign land, and they had them bound, and then they changed their names to demonic deities. And so where they had a Hebrew name, now it's changed. And, and then on top of all of that, they said, well, you're going to eat a certain way. And, and they, even, they even fought against that, and, and God prevailed and showed up. And the point is this, that what was on the inside was stronger than what was happening on the outside. And that's what God is calling the church today to rise up, to what's on the inside, what's truly on the inside, you being stronger. I liken that, I use the illustration of a football, why those 300 pound plus, now 400 and some of them, can't pop that football. They, you know, they try, they kick, they, you know, they can't pop it, why? Because that pressure on the inside is greater than the pressure that's on the outside. Amen? And you got to think about that in your life. And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God within you is stronger than what's, on, what's out there. Can I get an amen? The, the, the scripture says, greater is he that it's in you. Either that's true or it's not. And I happen to believe that it's true. And so <clears throat> they didn't allow their surroundings to change them on the inside. And it even came to a point where they refused to bow to a demonic 
huge statue. And the Bible says they were thrown into a furnace and, and God showed up even in that. And yes, it, it was a miracle. And so what are you listening to? Not only the people around you, you create the atmosphere of life by the music you listen to. Oh, here he goes. He's going to meddle. You better believe it. You know, sometimes you, you know, if you're outside or whatever and you hear a car that comes by and it's all this or whatever, you know what I mean? And the window's down and they're trying to, you know, they're bad, you know? But then the music that's blaring out of it, sometimes you can't even hear the lyrics, sometimes you can, and it is nasty. It is foul. Let me tell you something. You cannot get a strong footing if you listen to that garbage day in and day out. I'm gonna tell you that. You won't live for God for long. Just garbage in, that garbage is gonna come out. All right? Some of you didn't think I'd hit on the music thing. What kind of things you do to fill your mind with because that creates the atmosphere of your life. And here's the thing I want us to say as we kind of wind down here. God is either drawn to the atmosphere you create or he withdraws from the atmosphere you create. Yes, God is omnipresent. That's a big theological word. It means this. God is everywhere at all, at all times present in every, every situation. He is there. He's omnipresent. But God does not manifest his presence equally everywhere. I want you to see that. God manifests his presence when the atmosphere is right. When there's hunger in the people, when they come to church, not, I made it to church. All right, see what you can do, preacher. Amen. Amen. When the people are hungry and we draw and there's worship, we praise and we enter in and we're there and we're awake, we're not asleep. Amen. <laughs> God responds to atmosphere. God is looking for an atmosphere of praise and an atmosphere of gratitude, an atmosphere of thankfulness. The Bible says in Psalm 22, 3, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Where real praise is, there God is. What does that say? God loves celebration. And you know, and there are times and seasons we have celebrated and we'll continue to celebrate as a church. Church should be a place that's full of the joy of the Lord. Amen. It should be. Amen. Amen. I mean, some places you go in and there's Dracula music playing and he's like, oh my God, you know what? That is not joyful. God is the God of celebration. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and so praising the Lord, it's impossible to underestimate uh, the power of that. You say, well, I don't feel like praising God. I don't feel like it pastor. <clears throat> you know, I'm not the type of guy that fakes it. All right. I'm not the type of guy that fakes it. I could never praise the Lord unless I really felt like it. You know, I've been there many times. You go into, I've been in new, thousands of meetings my whole life, you know, in the ministry over the last almost 30 years. You go to these meetings and there's times I've showed up and I just don't feel like it. Amen. I just, I don't feel like it. I just, I'm there. And then you got some guy on the stage and come on, lift your hands. And I want to go out. <laughs> See, you're laughing because that's what you feel. That's it. That's how I feel. I'm like, be quiet. I don't feel like it. But you see, praise is not a to praise God. It, it's, it's not emotion. It, it, it's not a feeling. It's a decision. It's a decision. Okay. And so. There are numerous Sundays I had to dry my tears to walk into this place or the other places we have met. Maybe there was a tragic funeral, a betrayal situation, maybe a family difficulty, or maybe church finances are down, whatever, something, something. And I still would have to choose joy Amen. and share the word of the Lord right. to the people of God. Amen? I don't feel like it. So here's the question. Is feelings the gaze by which you measure your offerings of praise? Let me say that again. 
Our feelings the gauge by which you measure your offerings of praise to God, your feelings. Is that the foundation, feelings, upon which your Christian experience is based? Feelings. No. Feelings are a poor and a very uncertain guide to which we should not rely upon. Uh, there was a man in the Bible in Genesis 27, little old Isaac, who was dying. And we have an example of a guy who went by feelings. He was blind at the end of his life, and he was tricked. And the Bible says that it is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau, and he gave a blessing and, and all of that. What am I trying to say is, you know what? Feelings can be, to base your life on feelings can be very unreliable, and they can get you into trouble. I just feel he's the guy for me. I just feel she's the girl for me. You have to have something a little bit deeper than just feelings. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> you know, I'm kind of winding down with this right here. An atmosphere of praise can help. And I, I believe this, and I'm just going to say it and throw it out there. Uh, an atmosphere of praise can help with mental disorders. Thank God for what, you know, we have come as, as a society to help. And we are seeing a major increase in this in people's lives and tragedies. And it's real. It's real, and it's affecting us. People are plagued by not just physical suffering, but mental suffering. The American Psychiatric Association says 50% of mental illness begins by age 14 and 75% by the age of 24. There's clinical depression. There's anxiety. Uh, there's bipolar disorder, dementia, ADHD, schizophrenia, OCD, PTSD, and many others. And, you know, as a society, we have learned to treat these disorders. And, but here's the thing. I really believe that there's an answer in God's presence to bring healing to many, many lives if they could tap into that. And I believe the secret is praise and worship. Let me just give you a natural example and I'll conclude. This is King Philip V of Spain. And this guy, he had severe bipolar disorder. Um, he was a troubled man. If you read some of the stuff that he did, I can't even, I can't even say it from the pulpit. I mean, he went crazy, this king. And he was melancholic. He would get a depression, lock himself in his room. And he, but, but finally, some of his uh, uh, elders around him, that they, they, they found somebody. Actually, it's, it's very similar with the scripture, but it was an Italian opera singer named Farinelli. And he was uh, in the 1700s. Uh, he was, as, if you can believe it, this singer, this Italian singer was as popular, they write, as Michael Jackson, if you can believe it, in his time. <laughs> and they brought him in for him and his wife, and he would sing, uh, history says, 10 long songs to the king and queen every night, usually with a trio of musicians. And history writes that the songs would calm him down. His mind would come back to him. Wow. Just through peaceful songs. Just peaceful songs. We're not even talking about praising to God. Just peaceful songs of singing and opera helping the mind. Martin Luther speaks of the power of music over the sick and weary soul as one of the fairest and most glorious gifts of God to which Satan is a bitter enemy for it removes from the heart the weight of sorrow, he says, in the fascination of evil thoughts. Some of you think, I can't control my thoughts. I can't. They're running wild. I can't. What are you listening to? What are you pounding in your head day in and day? Can I get an amen? Because what, what you're listening to, and those thoughts are racing out of control, maybe you need to take charge of your thoughts. Amen? amen. <clears throat> 
St. Basil the Great, early church father, he said this, spiritual songs are in the calm, spiritual songs, excuse me, are the calming of the soul, the relaxation of the spirit, the mediator of peace. It silences the wave and appeases the whirlwind of our passions. It is the cause of friendship, a healer of dissension, a reconciler of enemies. It repels demons, lures the ministry of angels, shields us from the nightly terrors and refreshes us in our daily toil. Amen. Well, stand with me if you would, please, as we conclude. I want to conclude with this one in a, a scripture in the Old Testament, in 2 Kings. That God, hear me, can show up even in a negative and hostile weather workplace situation in your life. Maybe you're having issues, issues excuse me, between husband and wife and this marital spat and, 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 and things seem to be just kind of running away from you and, and you kind of want to, you know, we've lost that love and the spark in our life and, and knowing that in, in those situations, those things can be turned around. It's the story of Elisha and Second Kings. And the Bible says in King Strings that King Joram, without getting into all the history here, history here, excuse me, the son of the king Ahab, and so there, there's a rebellion by another king that owed this king of Israel. And so after Jehoram's dad died, King Ahab, the king of Mesha or Moab, he stopped paying tribute to the king of Israel. And, and it was like 100,000 lambs and, and rams. I mean, back then, that's how they dealt with and that's how they conversed with, uh, with their economy, with animals. And so here's <clears throat> the prophet. <clears throat> These kings come together and they say, you know, we need to find out God's word in this situation. And so the Bible says that Jehoshaphat, who was the godly king of Judah, and he says, you know, is there not a prophet or a man of God, or someone around that can hear from God around here? And they said, well, yeah, there is a, a Elijah, uh, a, 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 a Elisha, Elijah's servant. Jehoshaphat, the king, said, go get him. We need to hear what he has to say. So they bring him in, and I want you to get this picture here because it's just, it's unique when we talk about an atmosphere of praise and contentious situations. Elisha answered and said, I solemnly swear as the Lord of armies whom I serve lives. This is Elijah saying this. He said, I wouldn't even bother to look at you or notice you if it weren't for my respect for King Jehoshaphat of Judah. He had so much antagonism just to this, <laughs> to, to this, this king, the prophet. He's like, I wouldn't even pay mine to you, but because of Jehoshaphat. And then he says this, it weren't for my respect for the King Jehoshaphat of Judah. But notice what he says. In the midst of this hostile situation, but get me someone to play some music. Let's, let's turn this negative atmosphere around with some praise. Because right now I am ticked off in my spirit. I am, I am ready to throw down, and I don't like you, king. But get someone to play some music. So they bring someone in and said, while the musician was playing, the Lord's power showed up. Every head bowed, please. You're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I've not chosen, made a decision <clears throat> to serve the Lord at all, serve the Lord with gladness. No, I, I am far from the Lord. I mean, I believe in God, but I'm just distant. I don't feel his presence. I feel alienated. That's you, you hear this morning, I'm not here to embarrass anybody, but this is the most important decision you can make in your life. The Bible says that you're made up of a spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit is going to live forever someday, either in heaven or hell. Christ provided a way for you and I to make it to heaven. But we must make a choice to choose 
to receive him into our life. That means you, the decision rests with you. See, no decision is a decision. So you have to make a decision. You're faced right now with the decision, all of us here today. Have you made that the decision? What do you mean, Pastor Mike? Have you accepted Christ, believed that he is the king, he is the savior, he is Lord, and only he can wash you and cleanse you and save your life, that he is truly God in the flesh. If you accept that and believe that, then I want to challenge you here this morning to surrender your life to Christ and to pray and to receive Christ into your life, that you may receive eternal life, but a, not only just an everlasting life, but a new life here on earth, a new life in Christ. That's what God has for each and every one of us. If you so choose to desire. If not, that's your choice. But God says, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Will you pray with me? If that's you here this morning, let's pray together. Say with me, say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I ask you come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.